Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, thank you all so much for the many things you've already blessed us with this day. And now the awesome opportunity once again to get back into your word. Help us now as we continue our studies. As we pray in Jesus' precious holy name, amen. Continuing our Bible study from A to Z in the word happiness, if you will turn to the Gospel of John in chapter 20, where we see the wondrous event of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and that is definitely something that ought to make you very happy, as it record here in John chapter 20. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark, unto the sepulchre, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulchre. Then she runneth, and cometh to Simon Peter, and to the other disciple, whom Jesus loved. Now this other disciple whom Jesus loved is actually the apostle John himself. And saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulchre, and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth and that other disciple and came to the sepulchre. So they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulchre. He, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloths lying, yet went not, yet he, hmm. verse 5 again, and he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloths lying, yet went he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter following him and went into the sepulchre, and seeth the linen cloths lie, and the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also that other disciple, which came first to the sepulchre, and he saw and believed. For as yet they knew not the scripture, that he must rise again from the dead. Now, the Lord had told them over and over that he was going to rise from the dead in the prophecies of the Old Testament as well. So they had heard it, been taught it, but didn't know it. Because they're speaking of actually accepting it and receiving it. It's one thing to hear something and another to really take it in. They hadn't taken it in. They hadn't acknowledged. They hadn't received it. They hadn't believed it. For as yet they knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again unto their own home. But Mary stood without at the sepulcher weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher. And seeth two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing, and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou hast borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus saith unto her, Mary. She turned herself, and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father. 
But go to my brethren, and say unto them, I ascend unto my father, and your father, and to my God, and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord, and that he had spoken these things unto her. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus, and stood in the midst, and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. They didn't hear it, they didn't receive it, they even denied it when an eyewitness told them. But yet, here he appears right amongst them, right in that room. And you know that door was sealed shut, and they were in there cowering in fear, but yet the Lord appeared to them right there, which displays his power and authority over his creation, even to be able to place himself wherever he wants instantaneously to appear in a bodily form that could be interacted with, could be touched, he could eat even. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Finally, they could see him, they could touch him, they could know that this is real, this is right here. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. That great commission that he's given to them and to all of us to go and spread the gospel, to spread the good news of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the finished work of Jesus Christ, and the availability of forgiveness of sins because of his finished work, and to know that we also will, as he did, raise with a new body. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. This is talking about go out and do the work and spread the gospel. Those that are getting saved will be saved for eternity. Those that are lost come judgment day will be lost for eternity. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. That's why he was been tagged the nickname of Doubting Thomas. And after eight days, again, his disciples were within, within that upper room, that place they were hiding from the Jews. Thomas with them, then came Jesus to the doors, being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace be unto you. Once again, and here emphasizing that the doors were closed. He didn't go and knock on a door and have them open the door and allow him to come in. No, he appeared right there in their presence, right inside that room. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God, Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen, and yet have believed. 
And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. That's eternal life. And it's awesome the way he says there in verse 29 to Thomas, Because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. See, that goes to all of us. And he stuck around some 40 days, continuing to teach and to preach and to do miracles and things. Like it says there in verse 30, And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written, that ye may believe. That we may believe, that we might believe, that we could possibly believe. And we have this preserved for us. We have so much available to us by studying what he's preserved for us and listening to the Holy Ghost. And some say, well, why wasn't there more books written? Well, they don't even study the ones that we have, so if they were more written, then what good would I have done anyway? The key things that we need to know are here. As he clearly puts in verse 31, But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. Once you make that connection, then you are indwelt with the Holy Ghost, and you have a direct link to the Lord, and he can teach you directly through the Holy Ghost. Let's just go ahead and run on into chapter 21 here. These are so inspiring words, and to see the, the risen Christ and to experience that, you know they were all happy. Because after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas, called Didymus and Nathaniel and of Canaan of Gal in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee sons of Zebedee, it was James and John, and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were two hundred cubits, dragging the net with fishes. So they got some assistance, and they drug that net on in. As soon then as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon, and bread. Jesus had prepared 
a meal for them. Jesus saith unto him, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes, an hundred and fifty and three. And for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. Wondrous words there. Come and dine. That call goes out to everyone to come in and to feast on the things that Jesus has available for us that can bring us the peace that he was speaking of, can bring us true joyfulness, can bring us the happiness, can bring us everything that we need and desire. Because Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou? Knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then cometh and taketh the bread and giveth them and fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after that he was risen from the dead. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto them, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Why did he do it three times? Because Peter had denied the Lord three times when the Lord was arrested. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself. This is the words of the Lord talking to Peter. A little bit of prophecy about what he has coming to him. The challenges that he will face in service to the Lord. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest whither thou goest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. Taking you where you don't even want to go, because he was going to be arrested, taken to Rome, and actually crucified in Rome, and requested that he be crucified upside down, and they did, because he felt like he wasn't worthy to be crucified in the same manner of, of Jesus. So they put him on an X-style cross and crucified him upside down. Verse 19, This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved following which also leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord, which is it? Is he that betrayeth thee? Speaking of the apostle John, when John asked Jesus about who had betrayed him back at the Lord's Supper. Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? And Jesus saith to him, If I will he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Basically, Lord telling him, none of your business. Mind your own business. You take care of yours. Don't worry about his. Then went this saying abroad among the brethren that this that disciple should not die. Yet Jesus said not unto him, 
he shall not die. But if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? An interesting point they're bringing out here, how people's words can be taken and changed and then spread. It's how gossip starts, how false teaching starts, and so forth. The Lord didn't say he was going to keep John from dying. No. He said that if it be his will till he still be alive, till he returns, what's that to you? It's like, none of your business. You take care of what you got to do. This is the disciple which testifieth of these things. Identifying here the testimony that we just read, the whole gospel of John. Speaking of John. This is the disciple which testifieth of these things and wrote these things. And we know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which if they should be written, every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. Even the world itself could not contain all the books that could be written about what Jesus did in such a short period of time. Some three years there that he was with them and doing great and miraculous things in front of them and teaching them and continued to teach them by way of the Holy Ghost, which is the wondrous event of them receiving the Holy Ghost and also the ascension of Jesus Christ, a wondrous thing to see as well that brings us great happiness, knowing that he ascended to the Father, as we see recorded over in Acts chapter 1. The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up. After that, he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Note, through the Holy Ghost. Because he indwells them with the Holy Ghost and indwells us with the Holy Ghost when we receive him as our Lord and Savior and can give us direction, guidance, support, strength, wisdom, whatever it is we need. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs. Many infallible proofs. The resurrection of Jesus being seen by many and by many infallible proofs. Being seen of them forty days. And speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. The forty days. Crucified at the Passover time. Ascended up to the Father. Forty days after his resurrection and then comes the day of Pentecost over in chapter 2. But let's continue here. Being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. In other words, continuing to teach them during that 40 days. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. He's already told them, breathed on them, and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. But he didn't give them the Holy Ghost at that very moment. He opened them up to be able to receive it, and at the appropriate time after he ascends to the Father, then the Holy Ghost comes upon them. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And 
He said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. There are things that we are not to know. There are exact times of events that are going to be taking place that he has not revealed to us. In their appropriate time, he will give us the understanding. In the appropriate time, he will perform what he wants to perform. It's not up to us. And he tells them in verse 8, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Let them know that they're going to be empowered by the Holy Ghost and sent out to do that work. Reason when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem a Sabbath day journey. So they were able to see that. And then hear the wondrous words that he's going to return again. In verse 13, And when they were come in, they went up into the upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew and Philip and Thomas and Bartholomew and Matthew and James, the son of Alphaeus and Simon, Simon Zealots and Judas, the brother of James. These all continued with one accord and prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. So, then we see the wondrous event in Acts chapter 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, Pentecost being the 50th, that's 50 days after the Passover, 50 days after Jesus Christ rose from that grave, because he stuck around some 40 days, and then 10 days later we see this unfolding here. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Filled with the Holy Ghost right there. And now... When we trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we are immediately indwelt with the Holy Ghost. We become the temple of God, bought with His shed blood. And then the Holy Ghost within us teaches us, guides us, gives us strength, gives us power, gives us encouragement, whatever it is we need. The understanding of His Word, as we study it over and over, more and more is revealed to us. And to have the Holy Ghost finally given to the disciples here then they are displaying one of the gifts of the holy ghost which is speaking of tongues and the reason why they were given that at that time was there were many as it says in verse 5 and there were dwelling at jerusalem jews devout men out of every nation under heaven why because they all came together to celebrate passover so it was a perfect opportunity to display the power of 
of God and give them the ability to be able to speak to these other children of Israel in their languages that they had grown up in because they had been scattered all about and grew up in those other areas, but yet they would still come back to Jerusalem with the others that they knew and celebrate the Passover. So the gift of tongues was given to them to be able to reach these other folks in their own languages. Not an unknown language that nobody knew how to speak or understand. No, this was a language that was given to them to be able to communicate and share the gospel. And that's what speaking in tongues is all about. The, the gift of being able to speak other languages and use them properly. Not to hoot and holler and blur out all kinds of unlegible grunts and groans and impress people of how wondrous and righteous and holy you are like many people try to display. So use it the right way. It's a gift from God to be able to spread the gospel. All right, now on over into chapter 2 and verse 22. Some more things that ought to make you happy. In verse 22, Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Now, see, this is the preaching of Peter to the men of Israel, the ones of the various languages that the Lord has given him the ability to speak in. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover also my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. This seeing corruption is rotting in the grave. So prophesied that the Lord would not rot in the grave. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Full of joy. The words of David, he's quoting here. We're talking about the full joy of salvation. The full joy that is available to us. The joyfulness that can be given to us from the Lord. Which far exceeds our own joyfulness that we might be able to acquire of our own tasks, but when we trust in the Lord and He indwells us with the Holy Ghost and gives us the many gifts, and one of those gifts is happiness, is peace, the peace that passes all understanding, full joy that comes from the Lord, which is far greater than any joy that we could acquire of our own in our own doings, of our own will. But because of the power of the Holy Ghost is within us, we can be happy. We can have peace. We can be joyful. Even in the midst of the hardest and worst persecution, we can still be happy. So let's do that. Let's stand on the gifts that the Holy Ghost gives us. Turn to them. Accept them. Apply them. And then they'll multiply that much more. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh so much for the many things that you give us and the indwelling Spirit of the Holy Ghost coming into us. We truly thank you for that and all the many gifts that he gives us to be able to do the work that you have available for us to do.
We thank you oh so much for doing what you have done for us and what you continue to do for us and have promised to do for us in the future. We truly do not deserve it. And we know it is all by grace. And we thank you oh so much for that grace. As we pray in Jesus' precious holy name, amen. Thank you all.